Hey friend, I'm Melissa, and I'm obsessed with cheering on other women in this thing called life. I'm all about grabbing a cup of coffee, having healthy conversations, and making strong connections with others as we walk through what life brings. I'm a wife, mom of three, multi-passionate mama who is an online health and fitness coach, group coaching program creator, and Massachusetts realtor. The Healthy Connections podcast is here to connect you to other women who have found their purpose in life and are going for it. It's here to connect you with healthier options for your family through fitness to nutrition and to help you in creating healthier connections with your children and those you love. We are creating those healthy connections through conversation, community, and a little bit of that coffee. We want to help you honor the body God has given you physically so that you can overcome what life throws you mentally so that you can shine your light. Sound good? Okay, my friend, grab that cup of coffee, a jug of water, or a mason jar of kombucha, Put on those cozy socks and those yoga pants and welcome to the conversation at the Healthy Connections podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Connections podcast. Today is a special day. I am interviewing my dad and he is how old? 63 years old. He has never spoken on a podcast before. He's not on social media. But he has agreed to just talk for a couple minutes about his journey this past year, because today, the day of this recording, which we're recording on September 27th, is officially a year since he has not had a drink. And that is a big deal. And I just want to thank everybody for the support on the post that I made on Facebook. I'm going to start with questions with him, and then I'm going to record a second part that talks about my experience as a family member going through this with him. So welcome to my podcast, Daddy. I call him Daddy. I don't call him Dad. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) So can you just briefly talk about your personal experience with alcohol? Well, I learned that it's a progressive type of a thing because I noticed over the years the same drink, but it became more and more and more. And then it, it it just starts taking over your life from family to work to you name it, just takes you over. And how many years did you struggle with alcohol? Struggled with addiction probably from an early age of 17, 18 even younger. Um, alcohol is the one I stuck with the longest. Yeah. And what was the primary reason or motivation uh, behind your decision to quit? Because that's it's a long time to go. And, yeah. you know, I say finally, as your daughter, you decided at age 62 to stop. So what was your reason or motivation behind you made that decision? I didn't have to call rehab for you. You made that decision. I was sick and tired of uh, going through the same thing each and every day. So we paused it right there because it was getting emotional. And then we started to talk about some of the people that were in rehab with him, and he remembered these young people the most. 
So you wish you had stopped earlier? Yeah, like they were all doing. I admired a lot of them. I had young kids. I'm quitting from the kids, and they would show me with pictures of a little baby. And I remember you guys being at home, and here I am. Yeah, I should have quit back then. Okay, so this has been an emotional couple of questions for my dad. So um, I'm going to take over for him. And one thing about my dad, he... I want to just put this disclaimer out there that he has given me permission to talk about this publicly because he knows that it can help other people and he can't put it into words. And I'm just extremely proud of him. And hopefully this episode or his story, God will do what God needs to do with this episode and whether that's speaking to somebody who is dealing with alcoholism or it speaks to somebody that is walking alongside somebody who struggles with alcoholism, whatever that might be, that's the reason for this episode. And if it helps just one person, then it's worth sharing his story. He just has a hard time putting it into words. And the reason for that he shared with me is because he feels like he should have done this a long time ago. And, you know, he uses the word finally, and I use the word finally after he uses the word finally. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's still hard to really put into words the feeling as a daughter that I have now, and I know that, you know, my brother has now, in that we f- we have our dad back and we can either choose to look at the past and think to ourselves wow he's struggled with alcohol our entire lives and there were points where you know it wasn't it wasn't fun and you know obviously my parents are divorced and that just is what it is And life goes on. And, you know, as his kids, we had to see a lot and go through a lot. And we've talked to him about that. And we still have a very good relationship with him for which we are are blessed. And, you know, we can either choose to look at the past as all the time that we missed and what if this had happened or if only this had happened Or we can look at it as we have him now, he is sober now, and now we get the best of him. And my my children get to see the best of him. And honestly, you know, Nicholas is, our oldest is 13, and he has seen what alcohol can do. And, you know, even growing up, I saw what it could do, and... Addiction is a funny thing. It is, um, it's a, it's a, alcoholism is a chemical dependency. That's what it is. And it's, it's hard to shake that. And so he didn't want to feel like that anymore. And, you know, he wanted me to answer the rest of the questions. And they were just questions about rehab. He went to a place in Westminster, Massachusetts, and, 
I will put the link to it in the show notes. It's Recovery Centers of America, I believe is the name of it. And they have many different locations in many different states. So I encourage you to go to that link and see if it's a place that you or your loved one could get into because they really do an amazing job. And when, let me just set the background. So September 26th is my husband and I's anniversary. On September 26th of 2022, uh, I got a phone call at 30, 2.40 in the afternoon, and it was my dad, and he was not sober, um, and I only remember the call because I was leaving the school, and I had just picked up my kids, and I, I didn't know what was wrong, and he said, life is about to change. He was crying. Life is about to change but I'm too overwhelmed. I can't handle it. It was, it was a, it was a phone call. And I knew that I had to go and help him because he had finally gotten a call that this rehab center had a opening, had an opening. So he had to get his proverbial crap together and be ready for them to pick him up that night. And it was, it was my anniversary. So I knew that we had stuff planned, but if you know what it's like to walk through this kind of thing with a family member, um, you tend to drop everything, especially when it's, you know, do or die, legitimately do or die. He was in a very bad place with his health. He was approaching 300 pounds. Um, There was no life left in his eyes. He would sweat just sitting there, just sitting in a chair in the middle of winter. He'd be sweating bullets. And I, as a health coach, would always try to help. But you can't help somebody with alcohol. I swear, you can't help somebody with alcohol unless you're trained to do that. And I'm not trained to do that. I'm a health coach. I coach people to change their diets and exercise. You also can't tell an alcoholic to change their their diet and exercise because the diet consists of unhealthy foods and alcohol. And the last thing anybody really wants to do is exercise. (laughs) Never mind if you have an addiction that is holding you back. It's holding you hostage. You know, last week I said that chronic illness is not a prison sentence. Um, I do believe that until you can break the chains of, um, substance abuse and, um, alcoholism or whatever addiction you have until you can break those change chains, that is a prison sentence. And so he had to break those chains. And so that phone call was he, he had called this rehab center months prior and they didn't have any openings. And 
He didn't want to go in until he was done with work for the, for the summer. He has a seasonal business. And so he didn't want to go in until his work was done while it was September. So his work wasn't completely done yet. So he was a little nervous about that. And I said, you need to go. And so I went shopping for him. I remember being at Walmart shopping for him. My wedding song came on the radio and I was like, all right, God, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to do this. (laughs) And so got him ready and, um, put him in the car to go to rehab. They had somebody pick him up. I like asked the driver at least a hundred questions and they picked him up and they went. And then the rehab center called me and said, you can't talk to him very much while he's here. He's not going to have a phone. He's not going to have an iPad. And you know, the first couple weeks are detox. These people there, they have to detox from whatever it was that they were drinking, whether it was, it's, I don't know, a bottle of wine a day or three pints of Southern comfort or a, a keg of beer. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, they have to detox from that because their body is so used to that, that now they have to safely come down from that. So they are under medical supervision. So the first two weeks, it's a month long program. The first two weeks are all, you know, under medical care, you're given different medications so that you can come down safely, all the things. And they told me, just so you know, after the first two weeks, he's going to call you and he's going to say that he's fine and he can come home. And you are going to say, no, you will not. You will stay. And so that is exactly what happened. He called after two weeks and wanted to come home. And I said, no, you will not. You will stay. You have two more weeks. You're at mile 13.1. I put it in my marathon running terms. I'm like, you have done half. You only have half to go. And he stayed. And that was the best thing he could have done was stay. And, you know, I drove up there and brought him cigarettes. I know I'm an enabler in that manner, I guess, but... I brought him cigarettes and that helped him get through. Fun fact is that now that he's been a year sober, he is also hasn't smoked a cigarette in a couple of weeks. So that's his next, you know, mountain to climb. And he's, he said to me off air that that to him is harder than the alcohol smoking. He's been smoking since he was really, really young. And so that has been difficult for him, but he knows that he needs to quit that next And so he went to the rehab center. He graduated from the protocol. He came home and he, he told us that he has zero desire, still zero desire to drink alcohol. It turns him off and people say, well, how? And I keep asking him how he's like, it's God. I prayed for this and he just feels so much better. You guys, he's lost over 100 pounds, joined a gym. I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, so he is making some huge, huge changes in his life. 
And while, yeah, there has been a lot of pain, um, just the fact that my kids get to see him sober and they don't have to watch him sweat and, and not understand why he's sweating in the middle of winter. Um, in the fact that he comes over all the time now and they get to see the best of him, that makes me incredibly thankful that God has given us that. And so I don't look behind and I don't look and think, wow, you could still be married to mommy or you could blah, 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 because God has a time and a season for everything. And this was his time. For whatever reason, we might not ever know what the reason for this being his time was or is, but we can know that it is his time. So we can't look behind. We can only look forward. Um, So I can't think, I can't praise that rehab center enough. That program is wonderful. Um, He said that he was the oldest there, the oldest guy there. Most of them were young. And you could hear my dad at the beginning talk about that very briefly, that most of them were young and they were there to um, be there for their kids. And as one of those kids, if you are listening to this, and you're struggling, maybe you've never sought the help, but as one of those kids 30 plus years later, do it for your kids. That's what my dad would say if he was still on here live. He would say, do it for your kids. If not for yourself, the residual effect will be for yourself but do it for your kids because you're changing your family tree when you do that. And it's just, it's a road, right? It's not easy. A lot of people do have, they want to, to have a drink even after they've quit. My dad tells me all the time. He's like, I'm not even interested. The thought of it doesn't interest me. And part of that is probably because he sees how different his life is now. He feels so much better. He's off most of his medications. His doctors are singing his praises because he no longer needs most of his medications. He's just a healthier version of himself. And I couldn't, I'm very proud of him. And I'm just telling you that if you are, you know, the a, a son or daughter or maybe a sister or brother or a parent or a spouse walking through this with somebody that you love, there is hope. They have to want it for themselves. Someday they're just going to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I am done. I am finished with dealing with this. I need help. And then they seek out the help or you help them find the help, but they have to want it. It's just like, you know, it's not just like it. 
it reminds me of, of course, I'm going to say the health and fitness journey, obviously. Well, food can be an addiction too. Let's be honest. Food is an addiction too. And so one day you wake up and you say, I'm sick of feeling sick and tired. So I'm going to make a change. And you can't force anybody to do that. They have to want it for themselves. Otherwise, they're not going to A, start, B, continue. So you have to want it for yourself or they have to want it for themselves. And his advice and encouragement to offer to someone who is, you know, considering quitting drinking, um, but feels overwhelmed or unsure about where to start is to seek the help, um, to look at the centers for America, rehab centers for America, or seek AA or seek professional guidance. Um, but you have to want it and you have to know why you want it in order for it to work. So his life has completely changed over the past year. He is thinking more clearly. He is handling his finances way more clearly. Like I said, he's lost over a hundred pounds. Life is not perfect. It never has been. It never will be not for him, not for me, not for anybody listening, right? Life is never perfect. And you're going to find your little mountains that you have to climb up and over, but there's a downhill. And when you get to the top of that mountain and you can breathe in the fresh air, it is 100% worth it, not just for yourself, but for those that you love the most, no matter what your addiction is, right? Gambling, um, drugs, smoking, I don't know, food, whatever. Insert it here. Like addictions of all kinds hurt all kinds. Okay. So you're not alone. You're not. There's, you wouldn't even know who can, who struggles with certain things because not everybody's talking about it. And I just think it's really important to keep the, conversations open so that you can get the help. Do not suffer in silence. You need, if you need help, reach out and get help. If a family member needs help, help them find the help. Um, but just let them know that they are, they're not alone. And this is a hundred percent, a God thing that this happened. And I, I talk about it very rarely. This is the first time that I really, really talked about it. And really it's because it's been a year and a lot of me (laughs) is like living in this PTSD kind of phase where I think to myself, when's the shoe going to drop? And I told, I'm very open with my dad. I've always been close to him regardless. And I said, you know, part of me is like really concerned and he understands that, but he also fervently lets me know that I have nothing to be concerned about. You know, an example of it is I'll drive through the town that he lives in. I drive through it every single day. And if I see an ambulance, I call him. And just to be sure that it's not going for him or doesn't have him in it. 
And I'm sure if you've dealt with something like this, you understand that. Um, But only through the power of, for me, only through the power of God can I work through that and get better um, with those emotions. So I hope that this podcast episode has been helpful to you. It's definitely different than my typical podcasts, but I am hosting a Sober October group. I'm going to put the link in the comments. It's actually the link that I have available for my uh, podcast group on Facebook. I have a podcast group where women are, I post in there every so often and conversations start here and there. Um, but it's a group for this podcast. I'm turning it into a sober October group. So if you want to tackle not drinking alcohol during October, I will be posting in there quite often about mocktail recipes, different non-alcoholic beverages, and all the things to help support you and myself as we take on the challenge of not turning to wine to wind down or not turning to a nice fall beer because it's fall and why not? You know, I think so many times that's what we do, especially anybody, male, female, whatever. But as a mom, you have all the stresses. I can speak as a mom because I am one. Like I said, men, I'm sure deal with this too, but there's so many stresses in the world right now. And it's just so easy to pop a bottle of Chardonnay or pop whatever and and just sit down in front of a fire and just have a drink to wind down. But we need to find something else to wind down with. And so, and so hopefully this sober October group will help you too. Maybe, maybe you don't drink a lot. Maybe it's just a little, maybe it's just on the weekends, but Another reason why I think it's important to do this is because we're going into flu season. A lot of the reason why we have so much flu is because we don't get outside as much. We don't exercise as much. Our stress levels are really high this time of year because of the holidays. And we're drinking a lot more because of parties and all the things. And we're having too much sugar and alcohol is all sugar. Um, So it's just a good time to just stop for a bit and turn our attention somewhere else. So I hope you join us. The link is in the the show notes. And I really hope that this was an episode that you share with somebody who might need to hear it. Um, In the meantime, until next week, my friends, give a high five, give a hug, give a fist pump, just show somebody that you care, throw them a smile, and be sure to find the happy in the everyday.